Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. Before I went to Fuller Seminary, I was the manager (laughs) of Lakeshore Learning Store in Ventura, California. The teachers and the moms and the parents among us might know that this is a national educational supply company. And one afternoon, I was preparing for what I anticipated would be a difficult conversation with a team member who needed correction. I was sitting by myself in the break room, searching for the best way to have this conversation, genuinely asking myself, what would Jesus do? The difficulty was, I couldn't picture the historical Jesus in this particular contemporary situation as a retail manager, and so I couldn't figure out what Jesus would do. Then it came to me. Jesus wouldn't sit there worrying about what Jesus would do. Jesus would do it. He would trust in God the Father and listen to God the Holy Spirit and do the good thing. Speak the helpful words. Be present and true and kind. Jesus did what he encourages his disciples to do in our reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus offers these words to his disciples during what's known as his farewell discourse, recounted in John 14 through 17, given during the Last Supper of Jesus with his disciples, before his death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. He is preparing them for what's to come. Jesus washes the feet of his disciples and sets an example of humble service we are all to follow. Jesus gives them a new commandment, love one another as Jesus loves us, and tells his disciples that the followers of Jesus will be known by their love. And Jesus says to his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life using for himself, as he does throughout the Gospel of John in the I am statements, the sacred name of the Lord. I am in Hebrew is Yahweh, and so declaring that he is the God of all creation in the flesh, God with us and for us forever. God who shows us the truth and makes a way for us and gives us life, now and forever. As Jesus shares with his disciples in the farewell discourse, in God the Father's heavenly house, there are many dwelling places. There is room enough for everyone in heaven. And Jesus has gone before us to prepare a place for us there. And one day, He will come again and take us to himself so that where he is there, we will be also. One day, Christ will come again and make all things new 
make all things whole, make all things well. In the meantime, Jesus tells his disciples then and now, he is not leaving us on our own. We have another advocate, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Growing up in a Pentecostal Assemblies of God church, we talked about the Holy Spirit and experiencing the Holy Spirit and the fruit and the gifts and the work of the Holy Spirit all the time. This has not generally been my experience in Lutheran circles. But honestly, in this regard, I would encourage us to follow the example of our Pentecostal friends. The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. One God, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. God is a divine, eternal, joyous, generous, life-giving relationship of love who made us and the whole creation in overflowing love. As the Nicene Creed, along with the Apostles' Creed, an ancient confession of faith in the church, states, the Holy Spirit is the Lord, the giver of life, who, along with the Father and the Son, is worshipped and glorified, who spoke through the prophets, who is, as Jesus shares with his disciples, our advocate. Advocate is the Greek word paraclete. It means one called alongside, para, like parallel. And it was used in the Greek legal system, that term, advocate, as it is sometimes used in our legal system today for the defense attorney, someone who comes to your aid, someone who champions you, someone who pleads your case. And so throughout Scripture, the Holy Spirit is also called our helper, our comforter, our counselor, who guides us in the truth. Some years ago, I attended my twin nephew and niece's preschool Christmas recital. And as we were waiting for it to start there in the classroom, I noticed one of the posters on the wall a poster very similar to the ones we sold at Lakeshore Learning Store. And it had think in big letters as an acrostic. Before you speak, think. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? That struck me as good advice for people of all ages. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit helps us discern what to say and what to do and how to be followers of Jesus in this complicated world. The Holy Spirit empowers us to keep the commandments of Jesus, to love as Jesus loves, to do what Jesus would do. I don't remember a thing that was actually said in that conversation that I had with that team member at Lakeshore Learning Store, but I do remember it went well. The Holy Spirit gives us the words 
to speak the good news of life in Jesus Christ. As the apostle Peter, who was filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost and preached the sermon that brought thousands of people into the community of Christ, writes in 1 Peter 3, Do not fear what the world fears. Do not be intimidated. Always be prepared to share the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Speak the gospel truth at every opportunity. And do so, Peter continues, with gentleness and respect. The apostle Paul as Acts 17 recounts, offers a wonderful example of speaking the gospel truth in gentleness and respect. It's during Paul's second missionary journey, during which he's been traveling all over the known world to proclaim the good news of Jesus. He's in the city of Athens, a center of philosophical and moral and religious activity at the time. And he's waiting for his friends to join him. And as he does so, he's visiting all the local synagogues and all the local marketplaces talking about Jesus. Paul did not wait for people to come to him. Paul went to the people. Were Paul to visit Palm Desert here today, we'd just as likely find him in the local Starbucks as in the local church talking about Jesus. And Paul's evangelism has caught the attention of some of the local philosophers who invite him to speak at the Areopagus, also known as Mars Hill. It was both the name of the location and also the name of the legislative body that would meet in the city of Athens to discuss matters of law and religion and, and governance. And when Paul gets up to speak in front of them, he doesn't call them godless heathens, even though it was a polytheistic culture, and as he'd gone through the city, he'd seen many idols and altars to various different gods. Paul doesn't disparage their beliefs. Paul doesn't tell them how wrong they are. Paul also doesn't quote scripture at them. They would have had no context to understand the Old Testament, they probably wouldn't have known what that was, or they wouldn't have been familiar with the hope among the Jewish people of a coming Savior, and they probably never heard of Jesus of Nazareth. Paul meets them where they are, helps them understand the God who is already there, and leads them to Jesus Christ. Paul took the time to walk around the city and observe the religious places and practices. He listened to and learned from the people. He paid attention to them and to their beliefs. And as he was doing so, he saw an altar dedicated to an unknown God. The Athenians covering their cosmic bases, so to speak. They didn't want to offend a God they might not have given an altar to. And in that, Paul saw the opportunity. He saw their desire, that foundational human desire for the personal 
relatable, knowable, one true loving God who made us and everything else in goodness and order and beauty. As St. Augustine once wrote, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until we find rest in you. And so Paul essentially says to the Athenians, this God whom you think is unknown, I know him. Let me tell you about him. God is not contained in the temples that we build. God is the Lord of heaven and earth. God does not need our sacrifices. Indeed, God doesn't need anything from us. God is the giver of life and breath and every good gift. God cannot be singularly represented in in idols, in images made of gold and silver and stone. The one true God is the one who made the gold and the silver and the stone, who transcends it, who created it. The one true God is the one in whom we live and move and have our being. And the one true God has made himself known in the Savior of the world, whom God raised from the dead. And it is in the light of Jesus Christ, in the light of Christ's grace, in the light of Christ's truth, that Paul calls on the people to repent. That Greek word metanoia, change your mind and heart. Think and act and speak differently than you did before. Turn from those idols that would pull you away from the Lord and turn to our good and gracious God. Be open to the sanctifying, transforming, renewing power of the Holy Spirit. One Sunday, I was teaching a confirmation class on the Trinity And at one point, one of the students just jumped in and said, but what is the Holy Spirit? And I said, the still small voice who nudges you toward the right thing, the wise advice of a friend, the feeling you get in a beautiful place, the company of people you love, the breeze on your face, the comfort of being in sacred space, the deep down knowing that God is there. The Holy Spirit comes alongside you and nudges you toward grace. The Holy Spirit guides you in the truth and helps you discern What would Jesus do? The Holy Spirit gives you life and shows you how to live it. Amen. Thanks for listening. Each week's episode is edited by Nick Cox. Music performed by our St. John's Worship Band. Sermons by me, Pastor Jen Shaw. Make sure to subscribe to hear each week's message. 
If you'd like to know more about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, to share the life-giving word and do the life-giving work of Jesus, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.